Kickoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Welcome into the show on this Monday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke Show live from the Akchin Community Studios. Got a football game to talk about, Wolf. Finally, it's not. It's not yeah. regular season, but it is football. We got Giveathon Week here for Phoenix Children's Hospital as well. It's a busy week here as we head towards week two of the preseason against the one team that takes preseason football more seriously than anybody else, the yeah, Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. Here. <laughs> Here we go right now. You know, honestly, a good start, I think, for the Arizona Cardinals going forward. It is Giveathon week right here at Arizona Sports 98.7. One of the best weeks, one of the toughest weeks of the year. Yet at the same time, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? It's time to rally around the family with a pocket full of cash. And we're going to be doing that, obviously, from time to time throughout this show right here. But the Arizona Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bengals put the silks on, man, on Friday night and actually played a football game. How'd you think it went from your perspective? Well, look, I understand the actual result of the game doesn't ultimately matter. I get that, right? That's that's just how this stuff plays out. But there were some encouraging players in that game, Wolf, and that's the thing. Like, it just, I know this sounds silly, but it just felt good to see the Cardinals play a football game and just put that playoff game from last year in the rearview mirror a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I wrote that down in my notes. Uh, what can you take from this, Ron? What, what can you take from this game and what you're seeing right now? And other than extra point and field goal, <laughs> I thought this was a clean game. Yeah, what was that? It was uh, a what is going on? Same holder, same snapper, Aaron Brewer, of course, and Andy Lee. And, and, you know, all of a sudden you're missing two extra points. Evan McPherson's over there making like 78 yarders every other drive. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird right there. So they got to clean that up. Uh, my confidence level is they are going to clean that up. Uh, but it was a clean game overall for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry. You have two penalties. That's honestly what stood out the most when the game ended. Seriously, like, that that's what you wrote down as well. Yeah, because. Because all the other stuff... That was number one for me. All the other stuff you can say, okay, but would this happen in a regular game? You kind of go back and forth. And I understand that just because you got two penalties in a preseason game, that doesn't mean you're not going to take penalties this year. But it stood out by the end of the game. Because Cincinnati kept getting penalties. And I'm like, I don't even remember the Cardinals getting called for two. Yeah, I thought um, I thought the offense was really, really good. I thought the defense was really good. Uh, Matt Prater was not. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> this is not one he's going to put in his highlight but, reel. You know, Luke, when you think of the team perspective and what can be accomplished, none of it matters, man. I mean, it's not going to surprise anybody, considering... The collective in a preseason is really a non sequitur. It is. It's a logical fallacy. Don't even go there. The only thing you can truly evaluate with confidence are individuals, players that are out there actually making plays, players' performances within the context of a preseason game. And you always have to keep it in context for a couple of reasons. Number one, half the guys out on the field right there don't want to be out on the field right there. That's number one. The other half of the guys out there won't be when the regular season starts. <laughs> Stop and think about it. I feel like it. there's like four so guys. You really got it. You really have to put a governor 
on everything that you see in a preseason game. I feel like there's a couple guys, like your point is well taken, but I feel like it's like 49%, 49%. Because I feel like a guy like Eno or a guy like Victor Dimukeji or, I don't know, there was a few guys that stood out. I thought Trace McSorley stood out. Now, ultimately... We don't want to see Trace McSorley on the field this year because that means something happened with Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy. But I thought he was an interesting story, and we're going to talk to him later on in the show. I kind of want to get just his story where he's gotten to this point. He's got the song about him that Maloney played last week that is like the catchiest song in the world. <laughs> and I thought he was he was really good uh, on on Friday night. I'm really even that much more interested in the running back room after what I saw on Friday, Wolf, because Eno was decent. Jonathan Ward got in the end zone twice. Keontae Ingram, I thought, looked really good, and he got in the end zone once. Yeah, you know, just once again, parachuting in on this game from 30,000 feet, there were two guys that really caught my attention. And I know Greg Dortch, listen, Greg Dortch is a guy that I, I we're going to talk about him. Yeah, he caught my attention too, but really Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley and Victor Demukeji. <laughs> it was those tough to miss Victor Demukeji. Those two guys, right? Oh, now listen. It's one game. Just control yourself, Ron. Just do <laughs> Trace McSorley. Okay, Trace McSorley. Okay, I, I, where did I miss that? When, when did you play this? Did she play part of it on Friday? When you weren't on your show. Okay. Oh, yeah, maybe when that was I wasn't it. on the yeah. show, right? You, you were in Cincinnati. I was in you were on to the natty. Yeah, yeah, I was Just on like Trace McSorley right there. Trace McSorley. So they actually, there's a song about Trace McSorley? It's from college, right? I think it's from Penn State. <laughs> this is kind of cool right here. I like this, though. Stevens. Just dropping some bars a little bit. Right there. If you've ever dropped some bars, have you ever written any poetry? This, this kind of, this is artistic, is it not? It's just got that beat that just hits you in the face over and over again. I like this song. Who is this now? Maddie Fresh. Maddie Fresh, of course. The first time I heard it, I thought it was Trace McSorley that recorded it, but is it was not. Is this not catchy? Is this not I told, It's going to be stuck right in your now. head. You're going to be humming like, call me Trace McSorley. Oh you're going to be humming that. Did you hear that? Baker won the Heisman. Next up, Trace McSorley. <laughs> Boy, that is good right there. Maddie Fresh dropping some bars here. Uh, listen, um, Trace McSorley. Man, uh, I, I know his numbers at the end weren't fantastic. It wasn't like you could look at it and go, oh, my goodness. He just dominated out there. There were a couple of throws, a couple of throws that were off. Um, Trailed uh, off a little bit. I thought he started really good. that were very, very dangerous. He orchestrated four scoring drives. Never forget that. Four scoring drives in the first half. Mm-hmm. Four. Three touchdown drives and, of course, a field goal right there. And what's really interesting and really telling is that Cliff Kingsbury was going to bring Trace McSorley, wanted to bring Trace McSorley out to start that third quarter. Because rarely, once again, is he ever going to get the ability to do that. But you go in, you kind of make adjustments, and then you come back out and you start. That's something you like a quarterback to experience. They sat him down. 
they sat him down and said, you know what, if you, we've seen enough right what, there, Trace. And he told you guys on the broadcast, Cliff was like, yeah, but we're happy with what we've seen. We were wow. happy with his night. Yeah. So, boy, he looked, he looked really, really good. How athletic did Trace McSorley look to you? Oh, my goodness. This guy's got a little juice to him, does he not? I can't believe you're not even going to mention that the three touchdowns in the first half were all from under center. How did you not open Listen, the show with that? Please, let's not get carried away oh, really? right there. Yeah, don't allow me I, to get carried away want, with quarterbacks you know under center. I, I, it's like I don't want to talk about it, man, because, you know, and all of a sudden they're going to go. <laughs> now you don't want to talk about sudden, it? No, it's like they're going to put the whammy on it. They're going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, there's Wolf. He's talking about the under center and the touchdown things. You know, look at, though, when you attack the line of scrimmage, when you can do that, it sucks the whole second level up. That's what it does and it's one of the reasons why when you've got an athletic quarterback like Trace McSorley how many times you see him boot out or waggle out to the weak side get out of the pocket get him on the edge do you think Kyler could do that yes Kyler could do that Kyler doesn't have a song though he doesn't and the Trace McSorley too that was really really impressive both both touchdowns by the Arizona Cardinals quarterbacks right-handers running to their left as well throwing Throwing the ball um, from the left-hand side of the field is very, very difficult, and both of them did it well. I guess you, Trace McSorley has the same amount of syllables as Kyler Murray, so you could just redo the song with Kyler Murray's name. Yeah, you there. could do yeah. it right there. Right. That's we'll great. See, we'll see how he plays this year. All right, we come back. Kids can't wait. You can make a difference. Our Giveathon week for Phoenix Children's continues next with Layla's story. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Come on now. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports App. Giveathon on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, Wolf, the KTAR Arizona Sports Giveathon for Phoenix Children's presented by Valley Hyundai Dealers and Auction Indian Community carries on. Of course, it started in the morning with Bickley and Murata and over on, uh, on 92.3 as well. You mentioned it at the top of the show. It is, uh, it's an emotional week, certainly for us here and you know everybody that uh, I'm sure that calls in we would uh, we would love it if you did call in you can text give to 620-620 you can uh, you can call the Desert Financial phone at 602-933-4567 there are a lot of different ways to give and an infinite number of reasons to give yeah, start with the phone number once again, 602-933-4567 right now. The Phoenix Children's Giveathon. This is something that we've been doing for years, of course, here on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, of course, on our sister station, KTAR, as well, um, 92. We've been doing, listen, we've been doing a lot of shows on this in the past, and we're going to continue to do it. I can tell you right now, this is um, one of my favorite favorite weeks of the year. Also, it's one of the most difficult weeks of the year. There's no doubt you're going to hear some things, Basinonians, you're going to hear some things that are very, very difficult, yet this is real life. This is children and families that are going through real life, and they can't do it alone. We need to help them. One of the things I love the most about Phoenix Children's is the fact that they never turn anybody away. They never do. All patients are accepted regardless of their ability to pay. 
Yeah, that's huge. It's it's unbelievable. You start to you mentioned. I mean, we've done this for how many years? We've raised now twenty three point five million dollars for PCH. It's the top children's hospital radiothon in the country. Last year was a record one point eight million, which is just crazy. Because as you said, it's it's your favorite week of the year, but it is it's emotional. And yet, one of the things. There's really two things, Wolf, that blow me away every time I've done this. And I guess this is my fourth year now doing it. The stories. Yes. The, the you know, when we're able to be at the hospital, and we can't do that now, but you and I got to go and, and give away a, a few of the, the teddy bears a few weeks ago. Just the resilience and positive attitude of the kids. Yes. And then also, and I mean this, the generation, the generosity of our listeners. Like, it's, it, it just, it hits you from so many different directions. And that is the biggest thing right now if you're listening. You, my brother, you, my sister, you can make a difference. You can. I mean, all you got to do, become a, a champion of hope for $20 a month. $20 a month, a champion of hope. For some young child that is facing a life-threatening situation in a family that is coming around this child and rallying around this child, these are our neighbors so much of the time. These are our family members. The fact that we have Phoenix Children's right here, it just, it honestly is something that I will never take for granted. 602 dollars $20 a month makes a difference in a young person's life. Makes a huge difference. Um, shout out to Jay Pearson Friends, too. The Jay Pearson Friends Collection, Wolf, a $7,500 donation. So we want to make sure that That's gets awesome. recognized. $7,500 goes a long way. Like you said, even the 20 a month makes a huge difference to these kids, and uh, and we get to see it firsthand. We hope you we get to experience it through some of these stories. In fact, it's time for another story of hope right now, presented by Madame Holmes. This is uh, Layla's story. Imagine being a labor nurse who works around moms and newborns for a living. But now imagine being a labor nurse who happens to be pregnant when at 24 weeks you become terribly sick. Life immediately changes for you and your baby. This is Layla's story. I'm Paula. And I'm Tony, and this is Layla's story. It was absolutely perfectly normal pregnancy. And then it just like out of the blue, I got really sick and wound up having her. I believe kids ought to stay kids as long as they can. Turn off the screen, go climb a tree, get dirt on their hands. It all happened so fast. I got there at 2 o'clock and she was born at 5. You know, me as a labor nurse knows that a 24-weeker is not good. There's a lot of issues 24-weekers can have when they're born. I really didn't know what was the possibilities of things going wrong until she explained it to me. We literally didn't think that she was going to make it. Most 24-weekers don't have very good outcomes. The nurse practitioner tried three times to intubate her, and I begged her and started crying just to save her. And they tried one more time, and she was actually able to intubate her that last time. That first night was very hard. Not knowing if she's going to live or die, never knowing if I got to hold her before that happened. It was very, very rough. 
Monday after she was born, we sat down with the neurologist. They explained that she had the grade four brain bleed on one side and a grade two on the other side, that, you know, there's a possibility that she may never walk or talk. That's when they gave us the option if we were going to keep her on life support or take her off life support. So we sat as long as she wasn't suffering and she wasn't in pain and she wasn't hurting, that we wanted to do everything possible for her. And she's here today. <laughs> we got to bring our baby home finally after 115 days. But with a 24-weeker, your journey is never going to be over. They have lifelong medical issues. It's, like they say, a roller coaster. I believe most people are good and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. The biggest hurdle for her is, is what kind of future is she going to have? I want her to be just like her sister and not have to worry about anything but being a kid. Our new normal is to whatever's going to help her live a happy, healthy life. Do I think the roller coaster is over? No. Do I think that we're in great hands with PCH for whatever else arises? Absolutely. Every hurdle that we've gone through, they could help us at PCH, and they have made it as easy as possible for us to go through all these challenges. It's not like going to a normal hospital, like we were driving on the way here, and she actually wanted to go to PCH, her hospital. They treat you like their family. I believe most people are good, and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. She thinks of PCH as her hospital, and she's not scared of it. They've helped us through our struggle, and then some. I know that there'll be a next challenge. I am not unrealistic to think that there's not going to be with her, but we're ready for whatever challenge comes next because we know that we are in good hands with them. If it wasn't for them, our daughter wouldn't be where she is today. That, yeah, that right there is one of the reasons why it's time to pick up the phone and call. $20 a month, my brothers and sisters, $20 a month, 602-933-4567, 602-933-4567. Become a champion of hope. Become a champion of hope for Layla. Become a champion of hope for her family. $20 a month at 602-933-4567. You know, they said in there, too, that, that she sees the hospital and actually almost wants to go there, right? I mean, you've, you've been there yeah. how many times, Wolf? Like, they do everything they can to, to, to light it up, to make it look like it's, a, it's a, a fun place, to try and make it as fun as possible. You know, they have the distractions. They have all the children's artwork all over the walls, all the lights. Like, look, obviously no kid wants to be there, but if you're there, they can... Uh, they can try to make it as, as good for you as possible. So, yeah, like you said, the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. And, uh, Wolf, we are in a match right now. Staybridge Suites. Staybridge Suites is going to match any donation you make right now. So we can just get like five, six, seven, eight of you to call right now. Any donation you make, Staybridge Suites is going to match it. So you're basically getting double the impact for your money right now. Man, I know it right now. There are five people that are listening. Five people that are listening right now. That could do $20 a month in a heartbeat. This is all we're asking for to become a champion of hope. Rally around the families. Rally around our neighbors here in the basin. $20 a month. You become a champion of hope to somebody like Layla. 
and Layla's family. $20 a month at 602-933-4567. You hear the music, man. You hear the music, baby. That means one thing and one thing only. Somebody's going to match your $20. Five people that are listening right now. Can you do it? Pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. And that sound means it's time for the train Teddy Bear Express. So, Wolf, like you said, you can become a champion of hope with a monthly gift of at least $20 or a one-time gift of at least $240. And the train Teddy Bear Express will deliver a cuddly teddy bear to a patient in your name. Right now, they're taking it up to somebody like Layla in this beautiful place known as Phoenix Children's. All right. Uh, we'll come back with uh, with more, certainly. But when we uh, we get back into football after this, Trace McSorley, Wolf, we talked about the game he had on Friday night. He's going to join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Wolf and Luke on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Throw it on a dime, like I ain't even trying. Just a kid from Briarwoods, I'm wearing number nine. I first write them down at Vandy. It's, it's, just, it's so catchy. I was humming it during the break, too, Wolf. Uh, it is the Wolf and Luke show. The Cardinals won their first preseason game. By a final of 36-23 to 23 on Friday night. And the man playing quarterback for the first half that uh, led four scoring drives in that first half, Trace McSorley, has this song. It was already written about him before Friday night, but he joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Trace, thank you for the time. Uh, what was that experience like on, on Friday night? How did you approach that game? Hey, guys. Uh, appreciate you having me here. Uh, you know, it was just the first opportunity to get out and kind of get, you know, real live game action in this offense and in the system um and i was really just kind of focused on you know the game plan and you know go out and play efficient you know score some points leave some drives and just feel like i had good command of the offense now trace do you know maddie fresh do you know him at all yeah I mean? I, yeah i know <laughs> I, I, mean, do you hum that to, I mean do you hum the song to yourself every now and then um uh not not usually it will get stuck in my head though uh, a lot of times like I'll, it'll get sent to me or something and i'll like open up something on like social media and that song will be there and then it'll get stuck in my head a little bit <laughs> oh that is so good right there that is fantastic man listen you watch the tape i know you've watched the tape mm-hmm. you've seen it multiple times i'm sure um Go ahead and evaluate yourself and let us know how you think you did. Yeah, you know, I think I think it was a solid overall performance. Like, we were able to score some points. We were efficient. Um, you know, felt like we, we played clean, no turnovers, no penalties, that type of stuff. Uh, there were a few things that I could do better just as far as being a little bit more efficient, finding easier completions, um, probably not getting – I probably got a little too greedy at times, uh, you know, trying to force the ball down the field into a, into a matchup. Um, so that, that was kind of the main thing that I kind of took out of it was I had a couple other, you know, easier completions I could have just taken to be a little bit more efficient. We're talking to Trace McSorley. Trace, you came over during the season last year. So how, how helpful has it been just to be able to have an actual training camp with this team? It's been super helpful to have this offseason, to be able to, you know, learn the installs from Cam and Cliff, you know, from 
the base install number one all the way through, uh, even going back to the spring, kind of going over them multiple times then and then repeating them again now and seeing some of the wrinkles we've put in. Um, and then obviously being able to operate the offense uh, throughout training camp it has been a great way for me to absorb the information and be able to go out and feel comfortable in the offense. So, Trace, um, forgive me, but, man, you're super athletic. <laughs> I was, like, blown away by that, dude. Um, tell me about your high school experience. How much did you actually play? All three sports? What did you do? Uh, so, football was obviously my main sport, and then I played basketball. I was, I'm sorry, I lacrosse my freshman year, basketball my sophomore year, and then it was uh, football junior year, and then I was going to play the other ones, uh, but then I, I got an injury and had to have surgery after my football season, so I missed those two my spring. Man, that was really, really surprising right there. You enjoy running the football, do you not? Uh, I enjoy it. I don't enjoy getting hit. Uh, I got to do a little bit better of, you know, protecting myself at times. But, uh, you know, anytime I, I get a chance to, you know, make a play, um, it, it's something that, you know, even just watching Kyler, what he does in this offense, it it makes the defense have to guard all 11. And it's another weapon to this offense. And when you can make a defense have to do that, it, it helps you as a team. So being able to do that when it's there, not forcing it, but if it's there, being able to take off and do something with it, you know, I'm, I'm going to take that chance. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, there, you can. it's not hard to see some of the similarities between how you and Kyler play. What's it been like, you know, being in that quarterback room with him and, and how much he got to call the plays in the fourth quarter the other night? How into that is he? Because he looks pretty into it on the sidelines. Oh, you know, he's super into it. Yeah, he, he loves that opportunity. You know, for him, that's kind of a chance to put on the coaching cap and kind of get into the uh, X's and O's um, from a different perspective of it and kind of see see another side. And uh, he was he was excited about that. And, you know, I think uh, it's something that, that he really enjoyed. And he had, he had a couple good calls out there. It was good to be able to get into the, to the film room and see him put on the coaching cap and what he was thinking and, and what he was looking to get out of some of the calls he had. So, Trace, talk to me a little bit about the chemistry that you seem to have with Andy Isabella. I have noticed this in practice. I'm talking about practice, man. I've noticed this <laughs> in practice, Trace, and I noticed it in the game as mm -hmm. well. Um, do you guys got a little something, something going on there, huh? Yeah, you know, we've, we've had some pretty good chemistry, even kind of dating back to when we were coming out at the Senior Bowl. I, I connected with him a few times in practice and in the game. Um, so we're just familiar with each other, and obviously being able to get into the offense now and, and run around with these guys. I mean, having these guys as the receivers right now, the depth that we have is, is great. Having a guy like Andy Isabella running against some of these corners as, as fast as he is, how he can get in and out of breaks, he he's kind of just finds a way to get open. Um, so he's it's been great to work with him. Even you know Greg Dortch, another guy that's super explosive. Andre. Um, so it, it's just it's been awesome for me and a huge pleasure to have those guys outside. We're talking to Trace McSorley. Trace, you guys, uh, your next game is against the Baltimore Ravens. That's your former team. They have won 21 preseason games in a row. They haven't lost yeah. a preseason game since well before you were drafted into the league. Is that like, like what's going on over there? Um, you know, I think it's just how they approach preseason games. A lot of teams will tend to approach preseason just as, you know, hey, let's get some reps from some guys, you know, get some of the starters some rest time. And if guys need to get ready for the season, you know, that's kind of how they. a lot of teams will approach it. And, you know, I know just from my time in Baltimore, they approach like this is a game, you know, we go out, we play the game to win. 
Um, so it doesn't matter who's in. They're trying to win the game. And, you know, the coaches call it like that. Players, they expect everyone to be playing with a high effort and all out from the start of the game to the end. Uh, and I think that's just kind of the culture they developed is you get into preseason games, especially now they, they know – they understand the streak that they got, and they understand that everyone's going to give them their best shot. Everyone wants to end it at this point, so uh, they know what they're going up against. So they they prepare that way, and you know that's kind of how they approach it. You know, Trace, it's interesting because the original plan, at least what we were told, the original plan was to play you a half and then bring you out of the tunnel, of course, to start that third quarter. I don't know if you knew that or not, mm-hmm. but what what exactly does that say to you that they said, you know what, um, Trace, you sit down, and we're not going to bring you out in the third quarter you go ahead and sit down what do you make of that um you know i think it was kind of just a play count thing um you know i I knew that there was going to be a certain play count they were looking to get me um it just was a matter of if we got that in the first half or if we got if we needed to go a drive or two into the third quarter kind of depending how the game was flowing so um you know once you know we got into halftime they told me that i was done there was nothing that you know it didn't necessarily say anything to me it was just that i had hit my play count and and that was it so do you notice yourself being coached a little bit more than what you have been in the past? I, I noticed Cliff Kingsbury, and he seems to be coaching you a lot, Trace. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that? Yeah, no, Cliff definitely, you know, he's super involved um, with the quarterbacks and the offense and, you know, how we're playing, what we're seeing. Um, so he's, he coaches us hard, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, he kind of – how competitive he is like he just kind of expects us to have that same sort of competitiveness and wanting to get better every single day every single play and you know we want to be on the same chemistry level as him with what he's thinking why he's calling to play and you know how he coaches us uh, allows us to be able to have that be on the same wavelength as him so it's been great to learn from him and you know how hard he, he coaches each and every one of us is it's been awesome well trace it's a pretty good sign how invested he already is in you and they seem to have nothing but good things to say about you great start to your uh, your your training camp and preseason here keep it going all right yeah i appreciate you guys Thanks, right on trace that's trace mcsorley joining us on the arizona sports line text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, you heard Trace McSorley talk about it right there. Kyler Murray calling plays in the fourth quarter of that game on Friday. What are the benefits? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. Quarterback and pro bowler Kyler Murray. Call sign K-1. Leads a potent air and ground attack. K-1 can go ballistic with unrivaled downfield accuracy. An 80-yard strike. Kyler Murray. Or he can turn on the afterburners and use his speed to score. And he's in for the touchdown. His primary deep threat is new addition to the squadron, Marquise Brown. Call sign, Hollywood. Along with backfield workhorse, James Conner. Call sign, Terminator. Wideout, Rondale, give me some more. And tight end, Zach. So good it hurts. K-1 and the cards have the air superiority tactics and firepower to pile up points. To me, this guy gives us a chance to win the Super Bowl, and that's something to be excited about. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona. Arizona's Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Camp continues. It was great to talk to Trace McSorley last segment there, Wolf. I like that he he has heard the song. 
He knows Maddie Fresh. I tell you, and I don't, I, I don't want this to, to cause a rift, but I, I kind of I like the Maddie Fresh song more than your Michael Porter Jr. song. Maybe you guys should really? do a duet, yeah. No, I think, honestly, right now, maybe you ought to think about that yeah, a little maybe bit I should more. Think about that. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> really, maybe Michael just... Porter Jr.? Are you sure, Luke? <laughs> maybe I need to hear it's Michael like Porter Jr. That's away true, yeah. Yes, it is catchy, recency though. bias, though. Maddie Fresh right there. Would you have that on loop at your home if, in fact, there was Michael oh, Porter Jr.? <laughs> All right, I would not have that on. I would not. You know, there are That'd kids. That would be my doorbell. Can I tell you right now, there are kids, and, and 10, probably 11, maybe even 12, that come up and do that. Michael Porter Jr., <laughs> they'll do that to me. You know how weird that is? That is that is odd. Is it man. as weird as the song itself? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, all right, we, we talked about uh, this with Trace last segment. Kyler Murray calling plays there in the fourth quarter. Here's Cliff Kingsbury afterwards. Uh, looked about six. I think we went three and out on both of them. So, <laughs> less than I anticipated. That was great. You know what? I loved it right there. Kyler Murray. Did Kyler Murray actually put his quarterback on First play. First play, he put him under I center. Was, I was all <laughs> jacked up about that. Yeah, Kyler! Yes! Now, I understand it was a little play-action boot. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly why you put a guy under center. Now, again, I and I said this on the broadcast. I said, you know what, Kyler? I would have started with a run. I would have started with that. I'm going to put my guy under center, and I'm going to attack the line of scrimmage. That's what I'm going to do right there. I'll attack the line of scrimmage, and I'll let them know right now, oh, you think we don't put our quarterback under center and attack the line of scrimmage? Second level, you better play downhill. You better play. Oh! Oh, and then the next play, here comes the boot out of that. Run the same type of action and then run a boot right there. Man, this is one of the reasons that I, I, I cannot wait. I'm anticipating seeing this. The blending of the old and the new continue with the Arizona Cardinals going forward in building off one play and one play looking like the next. Uh, more from Cliff. He said Kyler did call a couple good plays in there. No, he caught a, he caught a couple really nice plays. It just didn't work out. Um, had some guys open, so he uh, he does a good job with it. I, I've been impressed. And they asked him about the parameters that he gives Kyler when he's calling these. Yeah, the only it was it was wide open. The only parameters was if we would have got the ball, which we did back right there. Then he wanted to throw it um, instead of kneel it out, and that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you could see that. You could you can actually see it on the. Kyler wanted to go. Let's go. We got a minute forty. Are you kidding me? Let's go. It's, we can score. And and all of a sudden there was this gaggle that kid that was around him. Where I don't think Kyler was happy with that whatsoever. Take the knee. The, the Even best, in a preseason game. The best is when he first got the equipment. And you guys were talking about this on the broadcast too. You know, you had like I think it was Spencer Whipple was over. There was a couple people showing him like how to turn it on because it was different than he's been using Cliff in practice. Was. Yeah, Cliff was there. You're right. Cliff Cliff started to walk away and, and looked back and was like, no. You got to turn that on. And then uh, Kugler was right there. Kugler just kind of leaned in like, what's going on over here? And then, <laughs> that, was, that was awesome <laughs> when Kooks came over there. You know what I mean? This guy... <laughs> Just the whole profile. Did you ever see Coog's chin? 
I mean, he's got this massive chin, and it's just square, and he stuck that thing out right there. I was wondering, was he, yeah, we're going to run the ball, right? And we're going to run this like. thing right Just like. fantastic, man, seeing that. It's a great experience for Kyler, there's no doubt, um, and a good growing experience as well. So, you know what? So I'm, I'm excited about that, and I think it's a good idea by Cliff. Uh, here's more from Cliff that he didn't get too involved in Kyler's play calling. No, I just stayed. I took it off and stayed out of it. I, I didn't want to put any added pressure on him, so I just let him let him have at it. Um, but he's been doing it in practice some, and um, like I said, he's done a nice job, and he likes doing it, gets excited when good things happen, and he's he's a tough coach when bad things happen. I gotta say, Wolf, he, he does seem, he at least seemed in that moment pretty fired up to do it. And like when we were on the sidelines the other day in camp, you know, it's just camp, but he seemed pretty excited to do it. This is a guy that chucked the Hail Murray to DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. and Hopkins had that touchdown against the Bills, and everybody's going crazy, and Kyler was just kind of like, all right, here we go. Yeah. He gets fired up to coach. Yeah, for the most part, Cliff, he doubled down in the production meeting that we actually had, the broadcast meeting, of course, with Cliff Kingsbury before this first preseason game. He did say, you know, he's got to stick to the call sheet. <laughs> because, <laughs> honestly, I can see Kyler wanting to expand it a little bit, if you know what I mean. You know, what are you talking about? Cliffy, let's go with this. Yeah, I Come got on, the headset. We got a score. Let's go with this. And of course, you want to control and manipulate everything that you are going to show and everything. And it's always a dicey pr- proposition. What are you going to show and what are you not going to show in preseason? What are you going to rep out in preseason? What are you going to rep and what are you not going to rep? And is that always wise? Because there are some plays, once again, you've got to execute. The difference in the game of football, base and earnings, is execution. That's what it is, Luke. It's all about execution. Who executes better? A scheme is a scheme is a scheme. When those X's and O's come alive and they start breathing and they start taking out the garbage every Tuesday and they start paying off their wife's Gucci card, when, when you've got X's and O's, Now, all of a sudden, man, when they come to life, it's a whole different proposition. You got to rep it. Execution is the difference. Trying to get past the Gucci card reference in there. Oh, man. I mean, come on now. Gucci cards. (laughs) Okay. Five grand a month. That explains it. Uh, One more from Cliff on if he wants Kyler to keep calling plays. We'll see um, how it goes. But, yeah, I I like to keep him involved. And he uh, he said he did like giving up the play calling for a little bit. No, I liked it. I, I think... That administrative head coach role kind of fits me, so um, I may just figure that out one of these days. I'd be able to sleep in a lot longer. Um, yeah, I just I, it's it's fun just to be able to watch the overall macro perspective and take it all in and not always be so consumed with play calls and things of that nature. I'll I'm all in it. on sarcasm from Cliff Kingsbury. Sarcastic Cliff is is yeah, I'm in. I'll believe it when I say it. Yeah. Mm, let's see, Cliff, not calling plays. Yeah, no, that's not good. <laughs> let's see how that's going to go. Hey, that balance, though, that you're talking about, about how much you want to show in the preseason. Yeah. I go back and forth on this, and I think we're probably going to find out in the next few days, certainly this weekend against Baltimore. Can you really afford to not put your, your offense out there at all in the preseason? I know they weren't out there very much last year, but they were out there for a couple drives. There yeah. seems to be this thought that we're not going to see Kyler at all. We're not going to see Rodney Hudson. We're not going to see a lot of these guys. 
and maybe that's just the way this is going, but do you really want their first plays to be against the Chiefs in week one? Yeah, you know, once again, huh? they didn't play them a lot last year. They did that, not. That's what I'm asking. Like, is and there a difference between zero and one drive? I, you know, I don't know. When you're talking about a pro, a guy who's been around for six, seven, eight years, do you know how to play the game of football? Do you know how to do that? Um, I well, think for the most part, your answer can be found in what happened last year. Yeah, they did run the offensive line out there for, I think, two series. I was talking about it. I was really concerned about it. Then they won their first seven games, and their offense looked like they were on fire. It's true. It's really hard I to argue with it. that. I remember. I, I, yeah. was, I was building off it. I was saying every week, man, I'm just a little nervous here that they're not running their offense out there. What can we expect from this offense? And, you know, are they really going to be? Then they played the Tennessee Titans. And what they score? 38 points? Mm-hmm. Destroyed the Titans. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's not like I think Kyler Murray needs preseason games. I just wonder if, as a group, you just want to get one or two drives in, like the entire group <laughs> together to be on the same page. Maybe maybe it doesn't matter. And then, look, if you, if you don't do that, just be aware of the first drive or two against Kansas City. It's possible you might look a little rusty, or you might just hit Hollywood Brown on a 63-yard bomb. I remember after watching them last year come out and play the way that they did in September and October, I remember saying to myself, who needs preseason? Just do away with it. All three games. Well, and if that's what it's going to be, then, again, I like Cliff keeping Kyler engaged. Because if Kyler knows he's not going to play until September 11th, that's still almost a month away, right? So keep him engaged doing little things like that. Yeah, and I also want to say quickly that you're always going to have a preseason game or two. I say two is where they're probably going to be because you want to be able to see some guys play. All right, we come back. Looks like the Suns are going to be playing on Christmas once again. So what does it say about their national profile? We already know the Cardinals are playing on Christmas. Another doubleheader here in the Valley. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.